Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by NJR Home Services. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Welcome back, everybody. Hook, Line, and Splitter at Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. I'm Greg Giambarisi. Hope you had a wonderful, happy, healthy, safe holiday season. And uh, now it is baseball season. Well, not quite yet, but we're getting there. About three months away from the April 8th opening night at the Jersey Shore here at First Energy Park, Blue Claws, and the Aberdeen Ironbirds. Hook, line, and splitter is presented by NJR Home Services, your New Jersey heating and cooling experts, bringing you high heat and cool savings. This is a very special episode uh, for us. We're joined by outgoing Blue Claws head groundskeeper Mike Morvey. Uh, You may have read this in the show notes before you click play on this episode, but Mike has been our head groundskeeper here for uh, almost 10 years. He's stepping away from the role as of, as the full-time head groundskeeper. I'm obviously, uh, we're not going to be able to keep him completely away from the ballpark, but um, wanted to kind of uh, peel back a, a little bit and we'll get here from Mike in, uh, in just a moment, but we wanted to bring him on kind of a, a farewell episode. He deserves it. He's been with us for, for uh, 16 years all told between his time as an assistant groundskeeper and a game day staff groundskeeper uh, all the way through 2021 as the, the Blue Claws head groundskeeper a position, which he's held for about the last 10 years. So we're going to miss Mike really uh, a lot. And I think you'll enjoy um, you'll enjoy this episode. We'll get to get to Mike here in just a moment. On the flip side, we'll give you some Blue Claws information, schedule some promotions that are going on right now uh, and additional details as we get ready for 2022 April 8th is opening night last Wednesday the Wednesday after Christmas December 29th marked 100 days until opening night so we're getting uh, closer and closer we're I'm recording this year on the 5th 93 days away it'll be here before you know it but before uh, we get to some of that stuff on the back end let's hear from the outstanding Blue Claws head groundskeeper Mike Morvey on this episode of Hook, Line, and Splitter, which is also presented by Rich Green Lawns, the leading lawn fertilization company at the Jersey Shore. They provide lawn, non-turf, tick, mosquito, and tree and shrub programs. Now's the time to think about core aerating and seeding. Call today at 732-370-5963. It's Blue Claws head groundskeeper Mike Morvey on Hook, Line, and Splitter, the Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Our guest, Blue Claws head groundskeeper, Mike Morvey, I guess we should say uh, former head groundskeeper, Mike, stepping aside uh, on the full-time basis, but I, I know we won't be able to keep him away from the from the ballpark. Michael, welcome. How are you? Good. I'm doing well, Gregory. How are you doing? Doing uh, just fine. So what uh, what led to the uh, decision to kind of step away? You've been the head groundskeeper for probably a decade now and with the Blue Claws uh, another four or five years before that. Uh, Well, we had our first baby in October and last year really hit home doing uh, 16 hour days. And I just I'd rather be home for my daughter as she grows up. Um, So, you know, even though she's only three months currently, um, don't want to miss those those months. And I I feel that I should be home uh, for her and for the family. And, you know, working in minor league baseball 16 years believe 12 as the head groundskeeper um 
you know, only having three head groundskeepers in the, in the organization, me being the third one. Um, it's a tough decision, but I'm making the right decision and stepping away. Um, I want to be home for her and travel a little bit more than I can, you know, travel a little bit more in summer and, you know, go to places that we haven't and just make sure, you know, that I'm home. And that, that was a big thing is, is the family life um, with her being born in October, you know, even though my wife was on my staff, my brother was on my staff. It's just, it's just, you know, you can't keep doing it after yeah. so, so, the 16 hour days killed me, you know, last year, they'll, my staff will tell you, uh, the third inning I was falling asleep. Uh, um, <laughs> so, you know, I think it's time for me to step away. Yeah, beautiful Mackenzie. So uh, you get, you're going to have to play her that clip when she's old enough to understand. Yes. And, and you could tell her about your, your previous life as, as a head. <laughs> Actually, I never thought of it. That, uh, yeah, we're like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, they've had like three head coaches in the last 40 years. We've had three groundskeepers in the last 20 years, Bill Butler, Ryan Ratcliffe, and, the, and then yourself. So it'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. Yes. What are you going to miss the most? I'm going to miss the team the team aspect, um, you know, just the players, the players, the coaching staff, obviously our front office. Um, my main thing, what I'm going to miss is, you know, the atmosphere and the relationships that I made with the Phillies over, over the 16 years. Um, you know, still talk to them, still talk to the former coaches on an everyday basis or once a week basis, talk to Marty, Sean, and, and all those guys that are still with the organization and, you know, just going out there and putting a pattern in the field. I mean, luckily that I can still do that at my current job at, at Middlesex County Vocational School. You know, I have three fields that, hey, if I want to go put a pattern in the field, I can. Um, you know, just the luxury of doing that. And, you know, so I'm not entirely getting out of baseball or, or sports um, or the grass world. I'm still going to be in the grass world. Um, but that's the biggest thing is the coaching staff in front office. Obviously, I, I made a lot of friends at the stadium and, you know, learned a lot from Ryan. Um, and that's got my career started out of high school at the, at the stadium. Of course, we're sponsored by Rich Green Lawns, the leading lawn fertilization company of the Jersey Shore. They provide lawn, non-turf, tick, mosquito, tree and shrub programs. Now's the time to think about core aerating and seeding. 732-370-5963 or richgreenlawns.com. So you worked with about, what, 10 or 12, right? Different managers with the Blue Claws, um, you know, some for a few years, but obviously you worked very closely with the pitching coaches because of the mounds and the, you know, the hitting coaches or the other coaches are dealing with the infield. Let's make sure the infield is all good and everything. So, I mean, you're talking about probably what, good relationships with 30, 35 coaches over the, not to mention the coordinators that come in here and there throughout the summer. Yes. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. I go down every year to spring training, you know, they all, they all hug you and they, you know, wish you the best and all that. They ask you how you're still doing um, every, you know, how you're still doing it all and, and that kind of stuff. And I, and I told everybody in the Phillies organization, plus Kevin and Joe also let everybody know in the Phillies organization and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be sad, but like, like you said, I'll still be around at the ballpark and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm sure if Marty Malloy makes a visit, you'll uh, cut any vacation that you had short 
to make sure that you're here for that. Or even, or even Sean, you know, I mean, yeah. what do we have? What do we have Sean for two years? Yeah. 15 and 16. 15 and 16. And you know, those years were fun. We went to great adventure probably three or four times <laughs> um, with, with Sean and, you know, we rode King to Cod 20 times in a row. Cause Sean loved King to Cod. And, you know, every time I go see him, he, you know, he talks about that and he talks about our relationship, you know, same thing with Marty. I wasn't, you know, I was close with Marty, even when Marty was a coordinator this year, you know, I was, I was still close with him and he still calls me every day uh, or every other day. And, you know, that, those are relationships that you can't, you can't get back, you know. The, uh, did Marty ever call you back after we called him at the holiday party? He did. He texted me and he goes, <laughs> um, he, you know, he wished everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And, you know, he goes, the picture of uh, Joey that I sent him, he goes, that's my boy. There you go. <laughs> well, I don't know where Sean's going. I don't know. We don't know where the coaches are going yet. But if uh, if Sean's in ring again, where he's been, now you, got, now you can go visit him whenever you want. Correct. You know, so that's always the hard part. You know, always try to figure out when he, you know, obviously when Trenton was, was Trenton, uh, trying to figure out when the Reading Phillies were coming in. Um, our luck. You know, we were always home when, when, yeah, I know, uh, I know. <laughs> when uh, they came into town. But last year, I was able out out to get out to Reading and you know, awesome stadium. Can't wait to see the improvements at that stadium. And like you said, I'll be able to go whenever I want now at this point. And that's the whole goal is to get you know the family and and the daughter out to to many ballparks, see many ballparks and and other sites. You know. In baseball, it's hard. Your your summers are pretty much at the stadium. I know you'll you'll be there this year on April eighth, though, of course, right for opening night. Uh, if I'm invited back, I'll be there. Oh, uh, you can come if nobody else invites you. You can come as my guest. I get a media pass that day. I'll give you a media pass that day. You can sit in the booth. I like that. Although I, apparently we got a we're moving. We got a little smaller booth this year. That's what I heard. That's what I heard too. I think I actually put new colors on the wall last week thank, or two weeks ago. Th- thank God. Thank God. It was, it was blood red fire engine red. It was un, it was uh, a little on the loud side. All right. So um, we know, we know you'll be back. We know you still be around a, a little bit here and there, but uh, certainly want to thank you for your great run with the, uh, with the blue claws. You know, did you ever think when you, when did you start? Like what were, were you in college at the time as a part-time no, so assistant? I started in 2006. Um, I was in high school. Uh, I was under, Ryan, at the time, undecided if I wanted to be a phys ed teacher uh, with my family all being in education. I was like, well, do I want to be a phys ed teacher um, or do I want to go into to, to, to grounds? And ultimate all, the goal was to become a head groundskeeper at a major league stadium. Well, that goal has changed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, still would love to do it in my retired life uh, one day. Um I don't think that's something you do in your, uh, your little uh, retirement <laughs> job on the side. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, I also started my career back when I was a little kid at Holbrook Little League. Um, I played baseball there. My dad was president, uh, Mr. Spall, which was on my crew. Uh, took care of the fields there. Enjoyed I enjoyed the fields, taking care of the fields there. Uh, his, his son, Danny, now is at Baldestraw as a superintendent was with me, um, through his, his college career, um, 
and high school career, he, he worked through the Votech program. So, you know, it, it, we, the Jackson to Holbrook connections been, been close through. And, uh, and once I graduated high school, I said, you know what, I'm going to go, um, into, into this baseball field in 2007, I became the assistant, uh, under Ryan 2008, I was the assistant. And then in 2009, I entered Rutgers university, got my four year plant science degree, graduated in 2010. I was like, I uh, went down to Walt Disney world, did an internship. So I worked the 2010 season with Ryan came back for the retirement of Ryan Howard's number. Um, yeah, I remember that was, <laughs> I, that was a I crazy night. <laughs> yeah. I flew in that night. Um, I said, Ryan, I'm coming to work. Cause obviously I didn't, I didn't take any money or anything, but I was, I was off from, from the golf course. And then I came home, I worked two jobs. I got a, a job assistant superintendent at Glenwood country club for two, two, two or three years. And then, uh, the job opened up in 2015 as the head groundskeeper. All well, I was at Glenwood, still in grass, doing you know, doing all that. I I, I figured you know what I like baseball. Might as well stay in baseball, and that's what I tell everybody that is going to get in the turf. You know, try to do baseball. Try to do you know, try to do golf course because you can always fall back on a golf course. Like I can easily go to a golf course, you know, tomorrow if I wanted to. Um, but baseball is very specialized and learning that through through Ryan through Holbrook and you know I always enjoyed baseball um like I said thought I was going to be a head groundskeeper but you know at a major league level but that dream you know it's still always there if something opens up you never know I might you know apply for it or something like that but baseball is the heart and soul of my life, you know, you, you, you get every mini bat that we, stadium yeah. we, go, we go to. That's true. Um, you're still on the hook for that, by the way. No problem. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and that's the thing is baseball, baseball is, is life. And, you know, I'll still be around the stadium, enjoy going to spring training, enjoy, and maybe I'll just be able to enjoy a Thursday, Thursday one day, you know, never. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You know, my guys are uh, we're we're in a group chat, and Jeff and and my brother and Matteo and Shaughnessy, we're all like, well, we might be able to join um, uh, Thirsty Thursday. That might be my retirement party one day, a uh, Thirsty Thursday. You oh, know? I like that. Maybe we'll do the broadcasting down there. <laughs> um, you know, so you know, I had a, a solid crew my whole career there at the stadium. Um, I'm going to miss them, but they're all, they're all not coming back. Uh, Cause Matteo has a second job, uh, has a real job as an electrician. My brother's an educator uh, for Carteret plus baseball coach, plus football coach. My wife is obviously going to be with me. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Jeff uh, has a full-time job. He might, you know, come back and help the, the, the new guy out, but Again, not forcing anybody to come back. Um, appreciate their service and everything over the 16 years. Well, we're gonna we're gonna miss you. Uh, we're gonna miss you for sure. 
uh, you've been a big part of the blue claws over the last 15, 16 years. And um, especially on the, the, the last number of what, eight, nine years as the number one guy. So we had, uh, we had tons of fun and we're certainly going to miss you, but we're not going to let you, we're going to ask you actual groundskeeping questions though, before we, before oh, we start. I got it. So now I got to think. Oh yeah. We're going to make, yeah, we're putting you to work. Putting you to work. <laughs> I think you, I think your paperwork said December 31st, but this is uh this isn't that, you know, the last day was December 31st, but we're taping this on January 4th and I don't, I'm, I don't care. So we're going to, we're going to make it. <laughs> so you talked about the, the golf you did. You said you did baseball before you did golf, right? Yeah. So I did, I did base. Obviously I started my career in baseball and then I went to golf. Um, What's the, I know you, you kind of kept saying that you, you always want to fall back. You could always fall back to golf, but baseball was kind of like the true passion. What's the, what's the biggest difference? What, what makes baseball for you kind of like uh, uh, the, the top end? Just, just going out there and um, taking care of the infield dirt. That's 90, 98% of my job um, as a groundskeeper, taking care of the dirt. You got to really know how to work that infield mix. Um, and and water in the dirt because if you if you make it too wet obviously they're they're not going to have traction the main the main goal is when you water the infield is you want to get that water down into the profile so you know obviously right before pregame you see us out there watering um we're not adding that much water all that water comes up you know all that moisture comes up at nighttime the infield so uh, a baseball a baseball player's cleat is supposed to go right into the dirt right out not leave any like chunks or anything like that. You know how they dig with the diamond dig, they make a whole bunch of chunks. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That, so that, that is like perfect. When, when the cleat comes in and out that clean, it's perfect. That's how the baseball infield is supposed to be. Um, and my second thing would be obviously the mounds because, you know, had rehabs over the years and the Lakewood Blue, uh, Jersey Shore Blue Calls are always fortunate never to get an outfielder. <laughs> always get a pitcher or an infielder. Um, that's Is that true. That, well, who do who did we have this year? We had well, a pitcher. Well, th- we had um, we did have Shane Victorino. That's okay, going that, back ten years yeah. now, though. And that so was that actually was, that was the first year of the new field, two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah. And when Shane was there, that was awesome. That was he was a hell of a guy. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> He was awesome, but like, you might be right though. We might not have had any other. I'm sure. <sighs> no, we get an infielder. We get you know we we yeah, never you're right. We, we had Carlos never, Ruiz. Never seem to get a, an outfielder because yeah, I mean I'm not saying like hey an out an outfielder is easier, but they're going on the grass. Well, we had uh, well we had Hazley this year. Yes. For like two weeks. For, so we had two outfielders. Off the top of my head, it's possible. Yeah. Because I think when we had uh, Kingery, he played outfield and infield. When no, he not out. here. No, he only DH'd him. I think he DH'd one game and played second base one game. Okay. Yeah. So well, he was I, here. I, he might have he uh, moved up. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's my biggest thing is like, you know, making sure that for a rehab, making sure the mounds are perfect. Obviously, making sure the mounds are perfect every single day. Um, day in and day out because uh, that's where like people are like well you know the grass looks good great the grass looks good I don't care about the grass I care about the actual playing surface right. and that's the infield dirt the batter's box 
and the mound. And a lot of people go, well, what do you do during the game? Well, I sit there for the first three innings and make sure that, you know, the mound's, the mound's right, the batter's box is right. My biggest fear, and it happened maybe two or three times in, in my my career, I had to run out and fix the mound because um, the clay was too It hard. happens when, the, when you get a lot of rain. It's not tarped because you're playing. It happens. Yeah. So, I mean, but if it happens on a dry day, yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, but it doesn't happen on a dry day. No, and a lot of the times, like, when you have to go out and refix them out, it's because, you know, we're, again, a lot of people, I forget sometimes that we're minor league baseball, and, you know, we're out there constantly, you know, doing PFPs and pitchers fielding practice and all that stuff before the game, so – you know, then you got to go try to repair it real quick, and then the mount the clay doesn't set up properly, and that's when you have to go fix the mound or the pitcher's just a little bit uh, a picky. When you were, did you ever did you do the uh, the Mickey Mouse bunker? I I didn't. So I did not. Um, when I was in Disney, I was on Lake Buena Vista Golf Course. Two years after that, uh, Honor Palmer took over the management of the Walt Disney World golf courses, and they added a Mickey Bunker to number 12. I believe it's number 12. Wait, uh, that's relatively new? At Lake Buena Vista Golf Course. There's three. There's four golf courses at okay. Disney. So, but I was fortunate to work the Children's Miracle Network Classic uh, in 2010, and that was probably one of my – better my one of my overall best experiences that was you know the best I was I was the one that raked the bunkers to begin with um so we raked the Mickey bunker every single day and then um I was with the the main the foreman at the time so we started at 3 30 in the morning we would go rake all the bunkers by hand make sure they're you know the rake we would rake it towards the pin every single day um and then our second job after, you know, the sun came up and all that right before play, we had to go back. And if a animal ran through a bunker, we had to touch it. Re-rake it. Yeah. yeah. We had to re-rake it. So that was one of my jobs. I was with the guy that was doing the course setup for the day, cutting the cups. And the best part is that I don't think a lot of people know is the PGA tour, the PGA puts the pin where it needs to be. So they don't allow you to cut the pin. I don't know if this is still true, but in 2010, they don't allow you to cut the pin placement until the tour agronomist is there to, and he checks it when you caught it and make sure that the paint didn't drip on the cup and, and the flag. <laughs> is and then he checks it to make sure like that's the correct dot that they drew that day for that. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, well that guy of course is dead. Well, they don't run irrigation the whole time when a PGA comes through because uh, they would like it firm and, and firm and fast. Um, you know, seeing that firsthand is, is eye opening. That's interesting. See, I never knew that. Yeah. So like you, you'll see, like if you watch it, it, you see the course dead pretty much. So they're doing a lot of moisture readings and, you know, the PGA tour agronomist is there doing a moisture reading. And if it's, it, it, you know, the superintendent goes, Hey, I need a little bit of water. And he goes, okay, turn them on, but just make sure there's no one, like if it was a practice round or something like that, or they were on say hole five and, you know, we're going through to start and fill in the divots for the next day. 
and the green is reading, you know, in the low moisture, he's like, hey, turn it on for five minutes, but make sure no one's looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you got to make sure, who, like, the whole Who won the tournament? Uh, I don't honestly remember in 2010, um, but that was their last, that was their last uh, tournament there. Uh, and then they did the big renovation when Anna Palmer took it over. Uh, they're trying to get the tournament back. Robert Garrigus, minus 21. And won the, P the Miracle Network? In 2010. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, you know, like that's, 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 you know, going to see that and, and actually working at that, that's a great, great feeling. You know, Saul, Saul, Saul Phil Nicholson obviously wasn't allowed to get close to him or anything like that. Um, yeah, golf tournaments are a lot of fun. If you go as to go as a fan, I would go on the. I used to go um, on practice to the practice round, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when they had the U.S. Open at Beth Page in two thousand and two. My English teacher had tickets for the whole week but he couldn't take off a whole week of class so he gave them to me and one other guy uh a buddy of mine and we went out for the practice round and then i also went to Wingfoot a couple years later when they had the pga there at PGA Wingfoot. You go, yeah you go to the practice the the practice rounds are a lot of fun walk around and the, yeah, the best page black one was a public course it was the first time they had a U.S. Open on a public course, and it was a it was a big to do. Um, yeah, Tiger was there. They were booing. I remember them booing Sergio Garcia in the practice round because he was taking forever because <laughs> he just stands over the ball forever. Yeah, and he was doing it even in the practice round. It, it was pretty good. So yeah, those golf tournaments are a lot of fun. So you get there three thirty, and then you you wouldn't leave. At, you know, sun sets at you know seven. You're probably still working because they're playing all the way through, right? Yeah, so what so what would happen? We would do three thirty, and then whenever sun came, like whenever the first, so say tea time was at six, we would do all the all the stuff first, and then we would go back, and then you cut the cup once the tour grimers gets there. So, um, and then you got to touch up, and then if you get called back out because say Tiger dunks it in the hole and ruins the hole, yeah, on the side you have to they have to go recut the cup. So you can get called back out, so you can't really leave. And then uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday after play, like once all everybody teed off, we went back out and started filling divots behind that. We mowed fairways. You know, we recut greens. Um, we recut greens every morning. We did double cut on greens. We rolled them or we rolled them at night. Um, so I was, I was actually fortunate at night that I was, um, I wasn't a bunker guy at the time, at that time. I was, uh, I actually spotted for the greens mower. <laughs> since there's like, since there's like no dew on there's since there's no, like no dew on the greens or anything like that, I would stand there and make sure when the guy made his pass. So he didn't make, so he didn't cut a green word like beyond the border. Yeah. And then, or he didn't cut the same pass twice. So I had to like line them up when he came, when he came back and stuff like that. So that, I mean, I, I was fortunate to have a good job. I didn't have a, a bad job or anything like that filling in fairway divots or anything. You gotta uh, be, golf, the golf groundskeepers got to be more nervous. That's got to be one of the more nerve wracking jobs in, uh, in sports, right? 
I would I would say yes, uh, yes and no. I mean, obviously, baseball you're you can't baseball you can't really play in the rain too much. Golf you can play in the rain. Um, there's no there's no infield to worry about. I mean, obviously, if, if it rain if it rains, the puddle you know you just go squeegee out the puddle off the green or something like that. Yeah. Um, I would I would still say baseball is still more nerve wracking because you got to make sure you get that tarp on the correct way and make sure you get it on. Uh, you got to have the umpires believe in you that you're going, make, you're going to make the right call, the mound, and and bases obviously are slippery. Um, so you got to make sure you got to make sure you're prepared. I mean, like, like I tell everybody, I can um, go to go to a baseball field and and put a tarp on pretty quickly, or I could go to golf and go home when it starts raining. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Will you delete? the weather app from your phone? Uh, no, uh, no, because I still need it for school. I need still need it for my current job. Will you check it less? Probably not because we start baseball in March uh, at school. So once the summer, once, once June, June, July hit, yes, I will check it less. Um, just because I don't need to check it every single day. I mean, once once March hits, I check that weather app every single day, probably every 10, 15 minutes. My phone's dead by noon. So, I mean, let's put it this way. The best thing is I'm not going to have to worry about making a wrong TARP decision. Um, we don't have a TARP at school. So, you oh, know, even have, better. Yeah, so we have a, a pitcher's mound tarp and a home plate tarp, a couple bags of conditioner. If we can play, we play. If we don't, we play tomorrow. Um, you know, so I don't have to worry. Wake up three thirty in the morning. Who's going to show up for tarp? Uh, yeah, you're you're going to miss those <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I always used to suggest to you patterns, and you always ignored me, and I it's too bad. Cause I actually just thought of a good, like the a beach ball in the outfield would be perfect. And if you ever, that'd be really cool. Like, you know, on the main logo, the primary logo, you have the, yeah. the guy, the, the guy surfing in front of the beach ball. That would look great on the field. So now you have, if you ever get the itch, carve a beach ball into the middle sex Tech field, they will <laughs> get a big kick out of it. <laughs> the, the Liberty bell is the gold standard. Yes. And, you know, I mean, those are, I mean, those are brutal. Yeah. The Liberty Bell, I mean, even when, even when Bill, Bill Butler did the, the skyline in New York, um, at, at City. With the, yeah, it was Shay at the time. Chase that Shay, he all, he even did an awesome New York Rangers one when he was in Staten Island, you know, um, those are awesome. I mean, I look, it's sad. Um, but I look at a baseball field and I'm like, ooh, that pattern's not that good. You know, um, <laughs> I, you know, I even. That's natural. I even look at people's home lawns and, and look and say, oh, that person striped their lawn. Um, not striping it with a mower, striping it with fertilizer, uh, fertilizer burn and, and stuff like that. I, I mean, it's in, it's in my blood. I look at everybody's lawns and I'm like, Ooh, that's not, that's some, some, some are awesome. You know, some are great. Um, 
but I just, you know, my head's always on a swivel when I'm driving and trying to now with a three month old and trying to, to, you know, try to stay focused on the road. It's still hard, but right now, you know, obviously I can do that because, um, it's cold. So we don't have to worry about, uh, mowing patterns or anything like that. Um, but, you know, like I said, opening day, hopefully, you know, the new groundskeeper puts something in good for, for opening day. Um, because obviously people do enjoy looking at that, that kind of stuff um, when they come into the ballpark. So what um, – I know last year we had a pretty good winter as far as the grounds and the field uh, are concerned. So far, so good this winter. Uh, I know it snowed a little bit this week, but nothing crazy. We haven't had that, you know, stretch where it's been below freezing. It's barely been below freezing at all. Um, what would constitute a bad winter and, or a good winter for you, for you as a groundskeeper? Uh, a bad winter, a bad winter is, is snow all the way up until March, <laughs> uh, snow covered field. I, I think I want to say 13, 14, I took our plow to the field, uh, and I remember the Danny Spall. Oh, really? I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I took our Kubota plow, and then Danny Spall was with me. Um, we cleared the field. Um, we we did it very gingerly and, and all that stuff. And he was in the plow. I was guiding them and, and that kind of stuff. And then he also we also you got to be careful because you could take up you could probably pretty easily take up the grass. Yeah, so we didn't really put – we had the Kubota plow at the time, our little RTV. We didn't put the plow all the way down, so there was still like a little sheen of, of snow. Um, but that's that's the only time, like, you know, because we had work to do. We had to get the fuel ready. I believe we were coming home pretty quick. I think we had practice the 29th and 31st of that year. I could have the year wrong. Um, had to get the fuel graded. Um, luckily, this year I already got the fuel laser graded. Uh, the warning tracks are already laser graded, all the mounds, all the bullpens are done. Um, so somebody that's walking into this job is going to be pretty much set um, in that aspect. But a, a good winter is obviously no snow. Um, you know, snow is snow is, is the grass's number one insulator over the winter. Um, you know, so you could get some snow. If we get some snow Friday, you know, that's great. Um, one, two inches if it melts pretty quickly. Um even if we I mean, get the range six, Friday, it's gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna melt Sunday for range Friday. Yeah. Even if even if we get like a six to twelve now, hey, listen, it's January, it's gonna melt. Um, you just don't want that snow to come in March. But yeah. you know, if if we do get snow in March, it does melt pretty quickly because the atmosphere is warming up and and it, they, the, the days are getting longer. When would you first cut the field? So I would probably do my first cut. So I normally would do an aeration in March, you know, obviously whether depending first or second. Well, I normally would scalp the field down to one inch or lower to, to wake it up, uh, usually March 1st. And then March 2nd, you know, March 2nd, 3rd, 4th, I would, I would punch uh, some holes, throw some granular fertilizer down. And then depending on our schedule, I think this year they open up on the 8th. Uh, around the 15th, I would start putting the pattern in um, because, you know, that that helps also get the grass going, get get it laid over, get the pattern into the field. And, I mean, I usually don't put the opening day pattern in. I usually just design it. I, I have Kyle or Danny, uh, Kyle Roach, which is at Manasquan, and Danny, Danny Spall usually come back and, 
or, you know, put the pattern in to help me. I was very fortunate that they loved sitting on the mower for three or four hours and, and putting patterns in, um, throughout my career. Uh, you know, obviously I can do it. I just, I, I like to share the love and, and anybody that's worked with me, I'm not a person that's going to sit on a machine. I'd rather be doing the physical hands-on labor, laying the sod or anything like that. I mean, you can ask Jeff, you can ask my brother, you can ask anyone that has been on my staff that they drive the machines and I'm, I'm the one doing the physical work. Um, it's just how, who I am and how I always will be to, till I, till I retire, uh, or, you know, go to the grave. Well, Mike, we appreciate a few minutes. I want to keep you all day here. Um, as I said before, you always be a big part of the blue Claws family and we will, uh, we will see you at the ballpark. I'm sure on April 8th and I'm sure before that as well, but, um, thank you for joining us. I promise you this will not be the last time that you are on uh, any airwaves or digital airwaves uh, with me. So all the best, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Gregory. That was Blue Claws head groundskeeper Mike Morvey. And as we said when Mike was on before, we're going to uh, we're going to miss him very much. That is a tough job. You got a lot of people. You got to keep happy. Managers, pitching coaches, players staff uh not not easy and uh, he did a great job as a member of the blue claws team for the better part of the last 16 years and many of those about 10 of those as the blue claws head groundskeeper so uh we're gonna miss mike we thank him for uh, a great run with the blue claws and as as we said we're not gonna be able to keep him away he, he he's been here for too long loves it too much so he'll be around for sure but uh he just won't be around as often as he steps aside from his role as the Blue Claws head groundskeeper. As I said before, less than 100 days until opening night, which is April the 8th, uh, opening night of the Jersey Shore, of course. Blue Claws will welcome in the Aberdeen Ironbirds Orioles affiliate for that. Uh, 93 days as of January the 5th. If you're marking it off on your calendars, January 23rd would be 75 days to go. January 28th would be just 10 weeks left to go blue cloth charities luxury suite raffle is live if you go to blueclass.com you'll see the link uh for that on the homepage. there only 300 tickets are sold each ticket's only 100 bucks uh seven winners will each earn a 10 game share of a 2022 blue claws luxury suite so it's great for business for pleasure uh maybe you know you split it split a ticket four ways with some friends or some colleagues and then you can divvy up the the suites however you see fit, or if you want to just say, you know, five colleagues, twenty bucks each, and if you win, you get two suites per person. That's a great way to do it uh, as well. And then proceeds from the raffle will benefit Blue Claws Charities and their annual grant program. Raffle winners will be drawn on March twenty fifth, three p.m. Stream live on the Blue Claws Facebook page. So check that out, blueclaws.com for that. Blue Claws will host a virtual job fair beginning on Monday. That'll run from January 10th through January 21st. If you go to blueclaws.com slash employment, you'll see uh, a list of positions there, and you can apply for those game day staff positions, anything from working on the grounds crew, uh, ushers, ticket takers, concessions workers, bartenders, food runners, bat boys, parking attendants, box office attendance, uh, the whole the whole nine yards. So if you want to cook, we you know we're hiring grill cooks, prep cooks, line cooks, the whole thing. So uh, great opportunity. 
pays pretty good, 13 bucks an hour, very good, 13 bucks an hour. Uh, part-time positions, Blue Claws virtual job fair starting Monday the 10th. And again, go to blueclaws.com slash employment, and you can apply for those available positions. Blue Claws 5 and 10 game membership plans available as well. 10 game plans, tickets to 10 of the best games of the year, early entrance, Two boardwalk game tickets at each game. Hot dog, soda, novelty, ice cream at each game as well. Five game plan, obviously five tickets or tickets to five of the best games of the year, I should say. You'll get a hot dog, soda, novelty, ice cream, and two boardwalk game tickets at each game as well. So those are some of the perks. Uh, head over to blueclons.com slash memberships for more information on that. So that'll do that'll be a wrap here on episode 27 of Hook Line and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Hook Line and Splitter presented by NJR Home Services, your New Jersey heating and cooling experts, bringing you high heat and cool savings. And Rich Green Lawns as well. Rich Green Lawns is the leading lawn fertilization company of the Jersey Shore. We provide long non-turf tick mosquito and tree and shrub programs. Now's the time to think about core aerating and seeding. Call today at 732-370-5963. BlueClaws.com for more information on all the stuff we just talked about. Thanks to our guest today, BlueClaws head groundskeeper, outgoing head groundskeeper, Michael Morvey. We'll be back. We're going to make this a regular thing again uh, as we now hit the new year, and we'll try to get some of the uh, the players on. Eventually we'll get, once the coaching staff becomes finalized, they're revealed, uh, we'll try to get some of the BlueClaws coaching uh, staff members on for 2022 and then build you up towards opening night, which is set for April the 8th, Friday, April 8th, opening night at the Jersey Shore. Blue Claws and NJR Home Services, thank you for listening to Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 27. I'm Greg Jamborisi. Have a wonderful day, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Hook, Line, and Splitter at Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast.